people that a lot of you, I suspect, really want to network today are the people who are in a position to give you a commission for an article or a documentary piece. So we'll come to the second section. Uh, with us is Kevin Doyle, news editor of the Irish Independent. Thanks very much for having us along, Gerard. Um, so yes, it's going to be useful, but graying very quickly. Um, I have sat on both sides of the fence of, of terms of having started out freelancing and uh, trying to beg for pennies of editors and now being that person that's getting begged for, for pennies all the time. Um, and I can't think of very many more difficult jobs than being a freelance journalist. Um, it's probably the most challenging, the most frustrating and the most difficult to get paid for. Um, you're battling for editors' attention, then even when you get that you're competing for work with each other. And you know, even when you land the big story, you still probably end up having a fight on the other side to actually get paid at the end of it. Um, and, and even if you do at this stage now, we, Peter talked about the, the online media, um, chances are if you land a story in the Irish Times or the Irish Independent that uh, some other website will come along and liberate it for their readers uh, and leave you high and dry um, with just getting paid the once. But I suppose maybe I'm still in a high after the rugby, but the one thing I would say is that there is actually work out there for freelancers. Um, and you'd be surprised how much, how much there is because, yes, and I, I know most of the other news editors in, in the papers in town, um, budgets are incredibly tight. And sometimes I think I've been better off by done an accountancy degree than a, a journalism one um, because it is, it is counting the pennies. But at the same time, I, I don't think the only thing that's probably tighter than our budgets is the amount of actual staff journalists that are left. Um, and I know Seamus has run out the door, but he'd probably agree um, on, on that one, which means that you know, my resources sitting in the Irish Independent newsroom on any day are incredibly limited. That tells you where it is. There is a gap. The paper still has to be full and a copy has to come from somewhere. Um, and, you know, when you look for free-thinking freelancers, there are a certain amount of freelancers that we get stuff off all the time um, who get published every day because they've got that flow of stories, they've got their own kind of thing going and you know there's a perception out there perhaps that media don't want to use freelancers anymore because they cost money and you, you have to pay them and I wouldn't think that's true it, it is true that we're, we're more cautious where, where there was you know that gap on page 23 where some freelancer had sent in a, a story early in the day and you'd throw it into that gap late in the day when you're, you're getting tired you know we don't use that filler anymore because you can't afford it but at the same time you've never turned no I don't, don't know any news editor who's turned down a story um, that's going to make the first four pages of the paper because they can't afford it. They might have to negotiate back and forth on a, on, on a price, but you know, content is still king despite uh, all the advertorial and all the rest of it. That's what the readers come in for, and so there has to be a, um, a budget there for that. Um, I mean, you could say, what do we look for in a, in a freelancer? The obvious things you can write, you can read, you can be accurate, you, you know, your stories holds up, and you can meet a deadline. Um, but to be honest, the thing I look for most is actually a good story idea. Um, you can, with a, some level of frustration, get over a, a journalist not being the best writer in the world if they can actually get you the quality stories. You, you, you know, that's what editors and the few sub-editors that are left are actually there for, is to, to make it look pretty on the other side. And the question when, when we get loads of students in looking for internships and stuff, that one of the questions I always try out is, um, you know, I come in in the morning with a, a blank page and you know that's tomorrow's newspaper effectively uh, starting out again blank and ignoring the courts and the range wires trials and the sittings in the doll that are happening and are going to fill pages and pages where does the rest of it come from it, it's kind of terrifying i think in some ways in that the answer invariably comes back twitter 
online media sites, sources, who are your sources, the Garda Press Office. Um, anyone who ever got a story out of the Garda Press Office, can, <laughs> I'll definitely hire you. <laughs> but, um, and that, that's kind of the, you know, the, there seems to be that lack of imagination I find out there that, you know, nobody ever answers FOI. You know, I've never heard anyone come back and go, well, maybe I do a trawl of the company records office. Or maybe I'll just pick up phone and start ringing local councillors and local politicians and, and, and local guard stations, never mind the guard press office, to see what we can get. And, you know, you would think, you know, that's not thinking outside the box. That's kind of pretty day-to-day stuff, you would imagine. But I think whatever has been taught in the colleges at the minute, that doesn't really come across at all. Perhaps they've, they've shifted too far onto the online medium. Um, to the point where the uh, the students don't realise that most of the stories that are up on the Independent.ie or the Irish Times website today actually originated in the actual newspaper. And you know, like all newspapers, we have a pool of freelancers that we use every day, um, well most days, you know, and a lot of their story ideas get rejected. And sometimes somebody new comes along and pitches <coughs> you three or four stories over the course of a couple of weeks, and you're rejecting them all, and they kind of lose hope and fade away. And it may just be a case that it's a really busy day. It may just be a case that their story doesn't fit with what I'm doing that day um, in terms of the, the kind of different agendas that we're covering. Um, so, you know, I'd rather someone who throws me 10 stories that I reject 10 times but comes back that 11th time with the one that you take or else the day will come when I know they're active and I'm stuck. So that's kind of, you know, actually knowing that people are active, that they exist, is one of the key things that I would look for and also that they've actually got stuff published. And I know that's you know, saying, well, if you're rejecting your stories, how are you going to get it published? But, you know, I didn't start out in the Irish Independent. I started out in the Tullamore Tribune, where, you know, they were paying me 30 euro to go cover a JA match on a Saturday. And that's how I, back, back in the day, the Celtic Tiger days, I funded the Celtic Tiger College Lifestyle by freelancing for, for the local papers and for the Evening Herald at the time. And that stood in good stead that when you came up and you came to the Independent and said, well, look, here's reams and reams and reams of stuff that I've actually done, in opposed to what seems to come in now, which is people going, oh, well, I've written a blog. And to me, a blog isn't journalism. It perhaps has a place, but a blog is, is much like a comment piece or an opinion piece. You have to earn the right for somebody to want to know your opinion. It, it can't just be because I sat in my bedroom and I thought about this. And, and that seems to be a lot of what the, the younger journalists do now. I suppose you wanted us to talk about when you are pitching and what, what kind of stuff we look for. The first thing is think carefully about who you're pitching a story to. I know a lot of people will pitch their stories to all the, the national titles and you know it's whoever picks up on it goes with it great and they can get paid three or four times, which is the ideal scenario. But you know, pitching a story to the sun can be very different to pitching a story for the Irish Times or the, the Irish Independent. And the old joke which I love to tell around our newsroom was the the headline that was in the examiner one day, which was Corkman killed by Dublin train. Um, <laughs> and if you pitched that today to, to, to Tim Vaughan or some of the guys down in the examiner, I, I guarantee they'd take your hand off for it. If you pitched them a story about a man getting killed by a train, the interest isn't there. So you have to just think about that little bit, a little bit more about who you're targeting and that. So you might sell that to the Even Herald as well, but you'll tell them that it was a Dublin man on a, a train that took out the Corkman. And it's just kind of thinking about how you actually pitch it for the individual papers sometimes, rather than sending every paper the exact same stream of emails uh, without actually trying to kind of tailor it to, to catch the attention. The best way to pitch a story, I would argue, is email. Find out who you're getting in touch with. Find out who's the actual person at the end of that email, whether it's me sitting on the news desk today or my deputy or whoever. You know, I was trying to come up with a figure and I could only put an, a guesstimate on it because life's too short to count these things, but I would say my news desk phone rings probably every three minutes. I don't want to answer that phone ever. 
because it's usually pranks, it, people giving out, someone who couldn't find their coupon for the lawnmower competition, and, and it just never ends. Um, and so if you're trying to get in between all that noise, uh, it can be very difficult to try and grab the news desk on the phone for any consorted period of time. Of course, there will be occasions when it happens, but I think the best way to break through that is actually just send an email. And, you know, sum up your story in three to four sentences. I don't need, you know, the full 400 words. Just give me effectively your intro. And to be honest, if you can't sell it to me in that intro, what chance have you got selling it on to the reader? And that's, that's your pitch, you know. It doesn't have to be this big detailed explanation of stuff. It's just give me your top line. And if I need to get back and develop where we're going with it, then we'll do that, you know. There was a piece of research done recently, which was in the business pages, that the best time of day to send an email uh, was 10.30. And I actually think that's the perfect time to send it. I can't speak for what the other newsrooms are like, but I arrive in usually around half eight or nine in the morning. And it's, you know, at that stage, I'm going through all the papers, coming up with ideas for our own guys, going through the court lists and all the rest of it. And it is about 10.30 when you actually start filing through all the, the submissions that are coming in. And we have our first news conference now at half 11 which would seem crazy early, but that's the way kind of deadlines have gone and you'll map out the paper from there. So if your story is on the half 11 list, that's your best chance of actually getting it in the paper because it could have a place in the paper by two o'clock. Inevitably something can come along and nudge it out. But if you're the person coming at two o'clock and the guys, the limited resources have already put this story on the page, you know, the story that comes in at two o'clock has to be substantially better than this one to nudge it off. A little bit better probably won't even do it given the, the time constraints. And another thing which I think is often overlooked by freelancers is finding a, a niche. Like the best freelancers I know, there are freelancers who earn far more than me, um, and I know because I'm paying them, because they've found a niche in the market that makes it work. Like one of the guys that does stuff for us every day, he basically scours the company records office every day, comes up with who's in the news today, what have we done, uh, get their record, they've got a cash pile of this, and it's a perfect story, it's an easy story. Nobody else is doing it. Nobody in any of the business departments in any of the newspapers is doing it. You know, we've another guy who covers the, the city coroner's court. I mean, it's, the city coroner's court is maybe 150 metres away from independent house, but it's actually cheaper because he does it for all the papers. So it's cheaper for me to pay him than actually send a staff member up. And he makes a very healthy living out of that. And that, that's his gig, you know? So th there's that kind of thing. I was, I was trying to think last night about kind of other stuff like that and I, you, know, you can't all rush into certain things but like I think the local district courts are very poorly covered always great stories in those almost all of our religious content in the Irish Independent comes from a freelancer who gets work every day if not every second day there's nobody covers the Employment Appeals Tribunal we have to I think we're probably the only paper that covers them in any kind of consistent way but that's done in-house and I would think that a good freelancer could take that up in the same way that somebody does the coroner's court the medical council hearings uh, when I started out for the Herald, I used to do the, the Dublin City Council meetings and the, the four local authorities in Dublin. You could make a mint out of it, because apart from just covering the straight meeting, you were always picking up stories out of it that you'd sell them on a Wednesday, but not tell them that you'd actually got it on a Monday, you know? So there are kind of loads of things there. It's just finding, I suppose, what, what suits you. Um, and I suppose the, the happy note is, I think there are gaps in the market, but it's just kind of finding what, what gap suits you. Kevin, I think I know the answer. Your news editor, so presumably your lead time is basically that pitch at 10 a.m. is going to have to be a story that you've got by about five, six that evening. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of if 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 you're sending it in at 10 o'clock, the expectation would that you get it that day. Now, obviously, if it's a bigger project or something that's going to threaten the front page, there's more leeway. But ideally, by five o'clock in the evening, I'd expect that. 
to have landed in my email as a finished product. You know? The Irish Times at the moment, one of the things they've got is they've got uh, several features, like the second captains and inside policies. Mm. Now, those are all produced in-house. Is the independent, does the independent have similar plans to start getting podcasting or even possibly even video production? And would they be looking at freelance pitches in those areas as a result? Yeah, well, I'm comment on that or yeah, well, I'd have security. No, no, no. Well, I'm on the, the newspaper side of things, so my entire knowledge of the online wouldn't be complete. But we we built a studio in Independent House, which is effectively a small television studio, where we do and we have guests coming in on budget day and stuff like that to do um, kind of. It's not live, but it'll be recorded and ten minutes later it'll be online, and there is kind of the the. The whole online thing is developing all the time, so there's kind of an attitude in, in our place right now that if it's if it's good enough, if the pitch is good enough, it can work, it can be made work, so it could be something that doesn't exist there at all at the minute. Um, I, I would see a future where the independent online is doing kind of short, what you might call traditional television documentaries of 10 or 15 minutes. I think there's all sorts of scope there for that, and that's kind of where we're, where it's looking in the, in the long term, although I haven't said that, I don't know the ins and outs of all of it but that that would kind of be where online is going it's opening up to doing the podcast doing that and i think they're very very open when that's where they're spending money it's not my budget is is dwindling 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 but that budget for everything i go down that budget is going up so you know not saying don't pitch to me but (laughs) but if you're thinking long term that's probably where you need to be in the head in that kind of headspace and do, do you want exclusive rights over that video, or do I stick it on my YouTube or Vimeo channel as well? Yeah. That's something you'd probably have to talk to the, the digital guys. I, I, I don't know is the, the honest answer what what exact way they, they do it. Um, I'm sure that could be negotiated. I just ask uh, about rates or pieces, then we can negotiate and, you know, is there a, a set rate for, you know, 400 words or, you know, they're ten, they're ten, into the dirty, that yeah, they negotiate yeah, no, then? It, there tends not to be because it depends on um, what you're doing. So say, say for example, that guy in the coroner's court, he's sending that to all the papers, so right. his rate would be less because sure. there's no exclusivity going with that. And, right. um, you know, it, so the rate can vary anywhere kind of on a day-to-day kind of ordinary stuff kind of could go from 80 euro up to 200 euro but there's that kind of movement in it you know if, if it's going to be front page well then we'll talk again in private you know <laughs> but uh, that that's kind of what you're looking you for, for coffee, <laughs> would it be necessary to pitch like if i'm head down to the four course today mm. to see what's happening mm. would it be necessary for me to call up to the news desk and say I was in the corner. Should I just send in my 400 words? Oh, if, if you're down there, like it, it just send in the full story because odds are, you know, in the coroner's court, you probably, you know, I mentioned the half ten. He might send in going to the coroner's court. There's a child who was hit by a car. Whereas another day, some random case that looked on paper to be very dull will pop up and he'll just send you the full 400 words. And you know, depending on what's happening that day, there's a fair good chance that will get in. So I'm not saying it's definitive that if I don't know at ten o'clock what the news is tomorrow, it's not going to make it. It just helps if I know by ten o'clock. Can I just ask? Um, uh, and this is probably more—it's not new. It'd be more features that I could write, but in terms of the commission, when is a commission a commission? I've just had two experiences. Have a day job because obviously, mm. you know, not which is in journalism, and then do some part-time um, journalism, but. I've had two commissions in national newspapers, did the work, the articles were, you know, yeah. there was back and forth of the articles, do this, do that, yeah. spot on, great, I, I would generally, three months later. Yeah, I would 
generally take a commission at as I've told you to do it and yeah, I to use it. That, and that, I don't know the ins and outs of No, no, that it won't take, you know. But, but, um, but that would, I would, would generally that be, take... Would my experience be unusual? Well, I, I, I know we, there are some reporters who won't send you the story till you commission them. So they'll send you their pitch and they won't actually follow through with the full 400 words yeah. till you actually say you're commissioned. That doesn't work from my point of view in the news yeah. side. I don't know, features is probably different because features it's a bit more planned. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, yes, wondering, Kevin, um, has the pool of freelancers that you've been working with over the year, has it, have they, has it remained the same people over the years? It tends to. People pop up and people disappear again. And like, There isn't actually pitching to the national papers. There's not that flood of, of people with decent stories that you might imagine. Like the Herald recently were looking for a freelancer to cover the district courts. And you would think there'd be a queue at the door for what is a fairly simple freelance job to be in court three days a week and get paid solidly for three days a week and there wasn't they had to really really go out of their way to find to find someone to take on that role like so there isn't there isn't that flow of people there that, that I think sometimes everybody assumes there is so the ones we use yeah there's a there's a cohort and it's kind of one of those things again once you get your foot in the door and you've got a bit of a reputation and you know news desks know you're reliable and you're giving them a steady kind of flow of stuff it becomes easier you, you will start to find that day where you're getting a phone call going, listen, are you free today? I'm really stuck. Could you take on a couple of bits and pieces? So there's definitely gaps there. There's not there's not a huge amount of freelancers actually getting stuff into national papers that you might think. Why do you, do you think there's, um, uh, like Jared was just saying, that there's some sort of uh, communication block that people feel getting in contact with public uh, editors? Yeah, maybe it, maybe it is that, and maybe it's, Maybe it's, there's not as much networking as there, there used to be in the past because, you know, I sit at a desk for, for 13, 14 hours most days, so I, I'm not out. Very rare that I'm out at something like this where I actually meet people. Mostly you probably never knew my name before it was on a piece of paper in front of you here. Um, and, and, you know, your news editor of the biggest paper in the country. So there is definitely a, a thing where all the journalists used to drink in the same watering holes and they'd be fighting up at the courts about this, that and the other. That doesn't happen. Maybe that's what it is, is that the personal thing is kind of gone and it's, it's kind of reduced to email. But that's why I'm saying that send the 10 emails in the 11th time, I might come back to you and say, that's the one, give me that one. Yeah. I spent most of the last decade covering two tribunals, God help me, so I'm an expert in guards. <laughs> but I, I was doing that as a freelancer and I've come along to freelance meetings and various things and Whenever I met other freelancers, it always astounded me that I, I was the only one doing that kind of story. Most freelancers, I think, specialise in features, you know, and most of the editors that I've had in for the commissioning editors section of the freelance forum <coughs> have been editors on features or doing the weekend magazines and so forth. But it's worth bearing in mind, there, there, are, there are opportunities to, for freelancers in harder news as well, like you mentioned the ports. I always find one of the fallbacks, if I, if I have a day when I have nothing to do, one of the things I know, I know I can almost always do is head down to the local circuit court. There's, there's a niche there, there's that gap there, there's news is, is something that's out there. Yeah, but do you think there's a room for an agency? Do you mean a, a news agency? Yes, I've watched for years, but there's no manager in it maybe. But the, the agency thing, I think there probably could be, but again, the problem kind of comes back to your point is will, will you make enough money from it yeah. to justify because at least if you're just doing the court agencies which exist CCC and stuff you know they know the courts are always going to be there 
and there's always going to be a demand for them because the, you know inevitably the big murder case comes up and you know it, it can roll on in a broader wider way there was INN doing a lot of the radio stuff but I suppose consolidation has kind of made it less less attractive of, of, of an industry for somebody to start up so I think it'd be difficult but I think if somebody had the money to start out it could probably it could possibly work but you'd need the proper investment up front you couldn't be starting out with two or three people in a room going right we're going to make money lads I think you'd need something to, to tide you over till you got going that's true A to get them in a room and B if they believe they're going to get money no <laughs> Kevin, can I ask you something? You came up for your area. Can you say anything about commissioning work from freelance photographers? Yeah, well, um, I, I know a certain amount about it from our own side of things. We, the, the system we operate, again, I can't say for the other papers, is kind of that, obviously the freelance photographers around the country send in all their pictures <coughs> kind of on spec. So there's kind of an on spec rate, which is, you know, if, if somebody in Galway sends in a fantastic picture of the, the, sea, the, the sea coming in over the wall in Salt Hill and flooding the place, but they haven't been asked to, they get a certain rate. And then another day, if we know there's going to be huge waves off Galway, you ring them up and go, go down and get me a series of pictures from the sea. So it's kind of a little bit ad hoc like that, in that it's, I can't remember, I don't know the exact rates off the top of my head but for, for commission, but obviously the job takes longer, it changes. There's a lot of work for photographers as well, outside Dublin, less in Dublin. I mean, the Independent has, um, we have about seven or eight staff photographers, but they're all based in Dublin. So, you know, you have Provision down in Cork, you have Press 22, and then you kind of whole load of freelancers around the country, and, you know, they're getting stuff in, in the papers every day because there's nobody outside of Dublin. So, if I were a freelance photographer, I wouldn't be hanging around Dublin. I'd get somewhere, somewhere with lots of action down in the country. Again, sorry, just to give some of my own experience, sometimes I'd cover, like, a, a case in this, and I'd get a, a, a call after a uh, if I was covering like a two, three day story in the courts, I'd get a call from the picture desk one of the papers basically saying, can we get a photo of the accused? If I had a photographer on hand, yeah, I'd get Joe who's just around the corner straight away. That was ensuring that my story went in so I got paid and also that the photographer got paid. So if you're a writer, no photographers. If you're a photographer, no writers. Again, networking and you can help each other to both make money. Anyone else? Yes, yeah. Just uh, Kevin, uh, in terms of pitching to the Irish Independent State to yourself, uh, would you pitch them to independent.ie or would you keep them two separate? How much between you is collaboration and how much is competition between the online and the newspaper? Right? Yeah, well, I sit here and the online editor sits there. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of live in each other's pockets at the way it's gone and, and um, I can say, because you probably read about it at the time of the results, that was kind of announced how we're kind of configuring the newsroom to make it the inverted commons newsroom of the future, um, whereby the, there's a design that is essentially the, they call it the eye, but it's it's going to be uh, futuristic, but basically online and print would be the same news desk <coughs> to a large extent. Um, so like, you know, we have generic emails and anyone wants them. I mean, the news desk email is inews at independent.ie. Uh, the online news desk is digital at independent.ie. So, so you're right in the sense that it depends on your story and it kind of goes back to know your, what you're pitching it to because obviously independent.ie is actually quite different from the Irish Independent in a lot of its content and its target audience because um, you know, we're trying to hang on to the people who are reading papers whereas they're trying to get the people who've never bought a paper. 
um, to some everything, extent. Everything ends up on internet, though, you It does, yeah. Everything that goes in the paper will will get reproduced the following morning. But there is a market there for for stuff on that. Like the, they use a lot of freelancers for say the finale of Love Hate is on. They want somebody who's got a bit of a quirky kind of way of writing to do a kind of live blog on the final of it or. You know, in sports, they'd use uh, uh, people doing live blogs and stuff on the rugby and that kind of stuff. So there is there is a market there that wouldn't touch on the print at all. Like they, they do they do commission their own stuff separate to us. Do you ever take on student journalists? Yeah, we do. Yeah, um, we get endless endless CVs in from from all the colleges. And so yeah, just send me a CV if you want. I'll give, I'll give you my my email is just kdoyleindependent.ie. Because there's a really big problem in you know the unpaid labour that students provide for websites mm. and stuff, and I would just like to see the end of that. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what what I was saying earlier was that this idea with the kind of mass explosion of of sort of endless kind of websites that kind of are kind of news websites where people are writing blogs or, or rewriting stories from the papers or the the other websites and. You know, when I get people's CVs in with those kind of stuff on it, I kind of pass over them for the person who's written the local notes in the, the local paper, because it's harder to get into a paper. The website has no limit, it doesn't end. The, the editor has can put up everything if he has the time and the resources, whereas a newspaper is definite, so you have to choose the best stuff. So if you've got, my attitude looking at CVs, if, if you've got stuff into a paper, well an editor has actually decided that's better than other stuff he had on the plate that day. We do. We take on students and we do pay them. Uh, they won't get rich, but it's it's it's, it's better than what I what a lot of people do. I think in the industry. I can, I can tell you a dirty little secret of journalism is long after you've forgotten your student days, you still won't be getting rich. <laughs> uh, I, I was just curious about you know the, the immediacy of your online outlet versus your print. Uh, mm. Do you ever delay stories from the digital and um, like release them at the same time as the print? Oh yeah, it's a constant fight. Um, yeah, this is, and this is why we, we've um, appointed a head of content now, and it's kind of content has become this word that just goes round the whole time. But there, there is a constant debate about do we have to go with that now? Yeah, you'll have your own FOI stuff, and the guys that the specialists in the newsroom are working on their own investigative pieces, and they will inevitably come from the paper first. But then there's the other kind of tip-offs you get in a day, and you kind of pretty much do a risk assessment there and then of what's the chance of this pop popping up on the Irish Times page at 7 o'clock this evening and we're kicking ourselves because we didn't get our, we lost our exclusivity on it. So it's it's a constant debate that really is case by case. There's no, you can't really put a protocol in there except, you know, two news editors and maybe a couple of other people sitting around and going, no, I want to hold it for the paper, that'll make the front page. And they're going, no, but you'll get scooped on that and then it'll be page 23 anyway. So we might as well get it out first. So it's kind of, it's case by case kind of scenario. If you've sort of written for a freelancer, who's liable for the story if it's factually inaccurate? Who's liable for it? In general, if I print it, it'll be the paper will be liable right. for it. But won't be using it again. If <laughs> 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 you tell my friends as well. We have three speakers waiting to go in the next session. So I'd like to thank Kevin for coming along. Hopefully you all